I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we're talking about how to create an extraordinary life. And creating an extraordinary life begins with you. Indeed it does. So the reason we wanted to have this conversation was because, you know, our first season was all about relationships mm -hmm. and what it's like to be in relationships, how to improve your relationships, the, you know, the five foundations of relationship. And we realized that the relationship most people have the biggest challenge with is the relationship with themselves. Yeah. And that when we started thinking about season two being about creating an extraordinary life, we thought, well, let's talk about what an extraordinary life really is. And I shared with Sarah that I'd seen some guy put a post on saying we shouldn't be telling our children to create extraordinary lives. We should be telling them that ordinary lives are just fine. And we said, mm, nah, that's not kind of how we see it. No. So what, what is an extraordinary life for us? For, for us, I mean, for me, we would do it. No, no, no. We we'll talk about individually because each of our extraordinary yeah. lives are going to be different. So that's the thing. Like every life and creating an extraordinary life for yourself is going to vary. You know, it's not going to be the same as you know your best friend or something like that, or even you know my your mom. mom or your daughter. Yeah. So like an extraordinary life for me is having the the freedom to travel, to take my friends on trips with me, to um, you know have the time to. Uh, just chill out because I like chilling out a lot. I, I, I'm very introverted and I don't like to spend my time around large groups of people all the time. Um, but <laughs> but making sure that I have time for the people I care about, the people I love, that I get to do really cool things, have really cool experiences like traveling or just going to a, a, a cool hiking spot or something like that. Um, and, you know, helping my friends out like when they when they need it and being able to afford whatever I want to buy. That's the other thing. Yeah. So. So who defines an extraordinary life is you. Yeah. And so you might like doing a nine to five job with a very regimented schedule. You get home, you eat dinner at X time, you watch TV for this many hours, you go to bed, get up the next day and do it again. And that makes you happy. And that's the thing is, it's like, it's life on your terms. Yes. To me, that's an extraordinary life. And so for me, I like some of the same things as Sarah. I'm not quite as introverted as she is, no. but I have, I'm kind of in the middle between introvert and extrovert because I need a lot of recovery time. But what the pandemic has shown me is how much I don't like crowds, how much I don't like crowded places, how much I like being alone in nature or with just one or two friends um, or my kid. Um, and I've really been, been reflecting on that lately as things get busier and things are getting more crowded and there's more traffic. And I thought, wow, what does that look like for me in moving out of the pandemic and, and creating this next phase of my extraordinary life, which is my life on my terms? And what do I really want in this next step? And that's a lot of what we want to talk about in this season is figuring out who you are apart from everybody else's expectations, apart from everybody else's, your perceived expectations of everybody else. Uh, and really get you to a place where you're going, yes, I, I'm doing this job or I'm in this business because I love it. Yeah. And I am in this relationship. I am this way in my family. I am this way with my friends because I love it. 
And I believe that there are times that are challenging in life, but if you're not most of the time in a place of like, yeah, I love where I am, then we need to take a look at where you are and where you would rather be and plot a path to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, plotting that path doesn't mean you need to take giant leaps and bounds to get there. You're, you don't have to cross oceans to create exactly. an extraordinary life, okay? Exactly. Um, the, this is where we, we talked about it a lot in our first season of uh, taking small steps to get to where you want to be. Make the little choices. Take the little tiny baby steps. Of just you're you're so so that you're still moving towards your goal. You're not you know it's not like a dead sprint to it. You know you're you can take as much time as you need. You can be a turtle. You don't need to be you know a, a rabbit in the turtle versus rabbit race. You can be a turtle. You can take however um, much time you need, and you can take really small steps to get there. It's just that as long as you're consciously making choices and making the effort to work your way towards your extraordinary life, whatever that looks like for you, then you're you're on your way. You're on that path. You're doing what you need to do, no matter what it looks like. Because it's gonna look it's gonna look different for everyone. Because how everyone needs to get to their extraordinary life is gonna be different. And however that life looks like it's gonna be different too. Yeah, one of the ways to really start looking at some of this is to look at what you complain about during the day. And I would invite you to have a complaint free day. And I think there might even be a book related to this, but it's not very complicated. It's every time you have a complaint, stop and just note it. And it's like, okay, because if you don't really don't like this thing in your life, you don't like the traffic, or you don't like something else, either you can change your attitude toward it or you can change the event in your life. And so just pay attention to the things that come up that make you want to complain about the place where you live, the person you live with the job you have, whatever it is. I've worked with so many people that all we did was like have them look just a little bit differently at the situation and then they were totally fine with the job or the relationship or the place they lived or whatever. So sometimes it's just changing your perspective a little bit. And one of the ways to do that is to remove the complaining about it and replace it with what you love. Uh, Esther Hicks does this thing called the rampage of appreciation where especially if you're in a challenging relationship, where you just spend a, 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 an agreed upon amount of time just saying everything you love about that person. Or if you're in conflict with them and you're not really talking to them, write it all down. All the things you love about that person and why you like being in relationship with them, why you like working with them, why you like being friends with them, whatever. Um, and you know, just allow yourself to set aside the complaints for a little bit and really focus on what it is you love and um, Focus on whether or not you need to just change your perspective a little bit or if you've got to set your eyes on a new goal, a new place to live, a new job, whatever it is, uh, and just tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth about where you are and whether it's where you want to be. And I, I don't care where you are and where you want to be. It's, it's like it's nobody else's business except yours. Yeah. And that's the part people, they're still so caught up in other expectations. And I was talking to somebody this morning and I said, um, a lot of the pandemic was about me still unraveling what everybody else expected of me and what everybody else wanted me to be doing for my business and, and uh, the way I was showing up in the world. And I, I'm really trying to get down to the essence of where I feel really called and like, what's my mission in the world and, and where am I supposed to be helping people and how am I supposed to be living in my life? And it's not from anybody else's 
perspectives. That's like me and spirit working hand in hand and saying, okay, I, I think it's this way. Sh show me a sign that that's the direction that, that um, is going to feel the most expansive for me and where I can be of most service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, like I think we spend so much time, especially women, women spend so much time um, judging themselves because everyone judges them. It's like our entire society at this point in this day and age is like built around judging women for everything that they do. Like let's like um, teenage girls are probably one of the biggest populations that we make fun of. Like that everything that they do is just, it, it's something you get to laugh at. The fact that they used to like, they, they were really into Ugg boots for a while and they were drinking Starbucks and it was just like, oh yeah, teenage girls. <laughs> Um, and it's, and it's interesting that like we're, we constantly judge women. And so as a woman, it's, it's very important. It's hard. It's really difficult to sort of look at where you're being, you feel like you're being judged in your life and how you're judging yourself. Because I think we tend to be, um, not just women, but for everyone, we are our own worst enemy, um, in a lot of ways because we like, we can take other people's judgments and um, expectations and then we internalize it and we're like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it gets twisted all up inside of us. And then we feel like um, we start punishing ourselves when we're not meeting those expectations, when we're trying to, uh, you know, be the person, be better, like change the judgment that someone else has of us. And we're so concerned about what other people think about us that we stop thinking about who we want to be and who we really are and how we want to show up without, without any real regard for what everyone else expects of us. Because, you know, you are your own person. Um, you don't need to be an amalgamation of everyone else around you. You don't need to take bits and pieces and become this weird amorphous mass of everyone you know. You can be your own person. You can be your own individual, your own unique being. And if people in your life have a problem with that, then either they need to change their perspective about who they need to be as well, or that's not the kind of, those aren't the people that you really need in your life. Because if you feel like you can't be yourself around certain people, then because if they're not that, those relationships aren't going to serve you in creating the life that you really want. And that's what's really, really important about making choices in your life and making choices to create an extraordinary life. You want to make choices that are going to serve you, that are going to bring you joy, that are going to bring you happiness, that are going to make you feel amazing about what you're doing and who you're with and how you're going about things. And like, like you just want to feel excited. If you're not feeling excited about what you're doing, consider what it what you could do to change it or do something else. Because when you're not feeling excited, when you're not feeling fulfilled, when you're not feeling joyful, then you're just living an ordinary life. And that can mean anything too. And then you just get to fall in these into these habits and routines that where you're not you're not filled filling your up your like internal reservoir and you want to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and if you feel like your life the way it is right now is just perfect, yeah. that's unlikely you're going to want to continue listening to us because who we're speaking to are the people that know there's something more they want in their life. Mm -hmm. There's more connection. There's more love. There's more joy. And um, I don't think it, it is that hard to get there. 
and it doesn't take a lot of money. It takes choice and it takes a lot of courage to really tell yourself the truth about oh. what you want. And I, I've had a number of friends in uh, my life who've told themselves the truth about a career path they were on. And um, I have a master's degree in something I don't use. Um, I mean, I, I use the skills I learned, but I don't use my master's of divinity degree as, as a, you know, working in a church. Um, because I told myself the truth about whether that was the right fit for me. I still felt like I, I want to do something in, in service and, and be connected to spirit and, and do um, work in that way. But it wasn't right for me to continue working through the, the traditional church. It just wasn't the right match for me. And the other thing I want to say is um, pay attention to how you're talking to yourself and other people in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, your self-talk is really important. And if you think other people don't feel it, if you're a negative self-talker, uh, guess again. Because I, I, can, I can tell you every single one of the people I know in my life who are negative self-talkers and who really struggle with that. We all struggle with it from time to time. Yeah, it, that's, yeah. It, it's just something that we do. We, we talk um, down to ourselves a lot. It, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just a habit um, that we've kind of formed. And it's, and it's kind of related to, I think, again, how much we judge other people. Like we're, we're naturally, we're naturally going to judge other people. That's kind of who we are as human beings. But the level of judgment that we've reached in today's society is quite extreme. I, I'm so, just stunned when I look at um, groups on, on some social media that are supposed to be supportive kinds of groups and the nastiness yeah. that you know people have. I, I just I, I find no reason for it. Even with people who I severely disagree, I, I am trying to be um, compassionate, uh, direct, and kind in the words I use because I think we are too filled with anger and, and that sort of thing. So in addition to a complaint-free day, I would like to invite you to have a day where you really pay attention to what the voices in your head are saying to you and what the voices, the tone of voice, the words you're using in other relationships in your life. You know, have you gotten into a habit of being short with someone? Have you gotten into a habit of being um, crabby? Have you gotten into a habit of yelling at your kids? And I, I did a workshop years ago where I invited people to really pay attention to what voice their child was going to remember. And these are middle school parents. And one of the parents came to me afterward. They said, you changed my life. She said, I realized my kids were going to remember me yelling at them all the time. She said, so I changed my mind. I'm not going to do that. And, you know, for me and, and um, the, the stressful time we had in uh, kind of reestablishing our relationship after um, her parents broke up, my uh, ex and I, um, uh, we really had to find a way that I didn't feel like I was harping on her, criticizing her, that kind of thing. Um, out of my own pain and we used humor, yep. you know, so I would want her to do things, homework, you know, chores, whatever. Um, and she said, okay, but I have to be able to have my reaction. Yeah, I, I wanted to be able to complain about it. But the thing was, I was going to do it in a very goofy and way where it was like, I was still going to do the things. And, but I was just going to be like, no, I did not wish to do this. Please do not make me, but still do it. And like, it's, it's funny because that sort of interaction has carried over since we agreed to that. That, yeah. that was like sophomore year of high school, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's been, but oh God, like, like, oh, like a decade. Yeah. It's been almost, it's basically been a decade that I've been doing that. And it's something that I also do with my friends now too. If they ask me like, Hey Sarah, can you pass me the salt? I'll go no while I hand them the salt. 
Like, like I just, it's just kind of something that I do because it's just a goofy thing and it doesn't hurt anyone by doing that yeah. because you're still going to do it, but you're having a sense of humor about it. So it keeps everything a little more playful. I like that. Yeah. So regrouping here, one day of no complaints. Yes. One day of paying attention to everything that is in your head. All the self-talk, is it nice? Is it kind? Mm-hmm. Is it gentle? Is it criticizing you? And, um, uh, and the same day, what, what is, what's the tone coming out of your mouth when you're speaking out loud? Are you kind? Are you compassionate? Are you sure of yourself? Uh, do you know how you feel? Are you communicating in a way the other person can hear? You know, that's one of the things we've done a lot of work on is um, how can you communicate something in a way the other person can hear it? Now, there are some situations where I just feel like I am going one way, the other person's going the other way, and we can't find a common ground. There, there have been very rare occasions where I've just felt like I speak another language, and we don't. We speak the same language, but I, I cannot get there with that person. It's very rare for me, because I can usually find some way to bridge you know, where I am and where the other person is. But in the people that are in your day-to-day life, mm-hmm. The coworkers, the mail carrier, if you interact with them, uh, the person at the grocery store. Um, you know, the interesting thing to me, when we were in Hawaii uh, last month, I, every single time we got on one of the tours we were doing, I asked the person how their day was, and they looked at me stunned. And I knew they'd been going through a lot. I mean, Hawaii totally shut down, and these people had not been working for months and months and months, and they were just getting back to work at like half capacity. And every single person looked at me stunned and said, nobody ever asked me how I am. Nobody. And I said, well, I care. I, I, I know this has been a, a tough time. And it's like, how are you? What's the day been like? Have you had a fun day? Uh, is it been challenging? What's going on? And they were, they were, you could see the, just the stress drain out of them because they didn't have to be performing mm-hmm. all the time. And um, I just loved being that person who could do that. And at a grocery store, I'll do the same thing. You know, I try to be very kind and compassionate everywhere I go. And I have times when I'm feeling really irritated and agitated. And I, I really try hard to uh, just take some breaths and back up um, and think, okay, it's not this person's fault. Um, and how do I, uh, you know, bridge where we are to where I want to be, which is to either have the transaction get completed the way I'm hoping it will get completed or have the communication heard. Uh, and so that's the piece I really look at is, making sure I'm listening and so I'm staying quiet long enough to hear the other person have a reaction and that I'm not um, acting on my trigger from that reaction. Because sometimes people will say something that will hurt my feelings or make me angry or whatever. And so I I try to breathe through my reaction first and then say what I have to say. Uh, I don't always do that. I'm not perfect at that, but it's what I strive to. So really paying attention to how I'm communicating, what, what the tone is coming out of my mouth um, and being able to say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to be sharp or edgy. Yeah. Um, so just, and we do that a lot with each other. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, all of the stuff, this is, this, is a, this is a process, right? This isn't something that you're, you know, going to do once and then you'll be able to do it for the rest of your life, no problem, easy peasy, you'll be 100% perfect 100% of the time. No. Lifelong process. It's, it's absolutely lifelong. You're not always going to get it right, and, and because... You know, as, you know, as a human being, we're not perfect. No one is perfect. Perfection is a lie. You're perfect as you are with all of your, your flaws and your idiosyncrasies and all of that kind of stuff. Like, you're, that, that, that's per, the, 
the doing the same thing all of the time and like doing it perfectly is just not going to happen. So like don't expect that that's going to happen because we just talked about over, like <laughs> expectations. Don't expect you're going to get it right the first time or the second time or the 15th time. Like it's going to be a process and you'll you'll just have to figure out what works best for you and how to do all of this. So so to tie it all together, life for us that's extraordinary is a life on your terms. Yeah. And um, our terms are different than each other's. Mm -hmm. There are some places where we intersect um, and we create a life together that's on our terms that we consider an extraordinary life. Yeah. And so, you know, we respect each other's boundaries. We respect what the other person wants. I don't um, try to talk her into things too often um, that she doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but occasionally I do because I know she will really be happier if she does it. And I do the same thing. Yes. She, she asked me for my opinion on plenty, like a lot of things. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give it to her straight and be like, mm, I don't know. Or, yeah, you should totally do this. Go, go. Yeah. Go, mother, go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we encourage each other to have a life on our own terms. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking yesterday on a hike about how it, it would be hard if either of us decided to move away. And neither of us are choosing that right now. Um, from, you know, living 15 minutes away from each other, but we would adjust. If, if we knew that that was the thing that was going to create the extraordinary next chapter, we would totally adjust. And um, I feel really good about knowing that um, with each other. And then, you know, so, so look at what life on your terms is. Who defines the extraordinary life? It's you. Yeah. And I know for a lot of you, this is the part that is the, the challenge. Um, so take small steps... And the first part is the complaint-free day and the day of just listening to the voices in your head and the voices coming out of your mouth. Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest things. Just, uh, I saw a TikTok video recently and it was about this person who, um, it, it was just this person talking about their, their like four-year-old daughter had uh, said something like, oh, I'm so stupid. And so in, in context of this, the, the, the parent was talking about how uh, their, their kids will say the F-bomb sometimes, but it's never been used in a hurtful or harmful way. But their daughter said something, said, oh, I'm so stupid. And they went over to their daughter and were like, no, you don't get to call yourself stupid because you're not stupid. You are a beautiful, intelligent being. And like, that's what they got upset about. As a parent, that's what they were set, upset about. They didn't care that their kids dropped the, the F-bomb because it was in the correct context. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't being used in a hurtful or harmful way. But calling them, their daughter calling herself stupid. Now that's hurtful and harmful. Yeah. That really is. And so being aware of what you're saying to yourself and other people that can be seen as hurtful or harmful is really going to be able to change. Yeah. Like your perspective on things. Yeah. Well, and, and take some time also to have conversations with other people. Like, mm -hmm. do they think they have an ordinary life? Or do they think they have an extraordinary life? Do they think they're living their life on their terms? Or do they think they're living their life on somebody else's terms? When I owned a real estate company, I had a lot of middle-aged men who were there to prove something to their dead fathers. It was fascinating to me. They'd already been very successful in their lives, but they felt like there was something missing about what they had accomplished that would have made their father proud. Yeah. And that was sad to me in a lot of ways. Um, but for a lot of them, they took rejection very hard. And they would just get knocked down and stay there. And so for them, there was a lot of self-talk work uh, that we had to do for them to like start to see what their terms were. You know, why were they wanting to be successful for themselves? So, yeah. so that's all I got for today. You got anything else? No, I think we're. I think we got it all covered. 
Yeah, for today. Yeah. So next week, we'll be back. And until then, we love you.